the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Midterm Madness is this year. we got this upcoming June 5th primary. Uh, my name is Greg Britton, and my call is Don Dix, and we are trying to highlight the important races in the Inland Empire this year. The district that we're going to be talking about today is the 41st Congressional District, currently represented by Mark Takano. He's been in Congress for several cycles now and we have on the phone with us someone that is looking to take him out this time that we're talking about Aja Smith she was a featured congressional candidate at the Unite IE uh, Inland Empire Conservative Conference she one did a great three. job there did an amazing job and she's with us now welcome to the Jen and Don show Aja well, welcome. Thank you for having me back on. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you with us. So for some folks who might just be getting introduced to you right now, um, tell us a little bit about you and why are you running for Congress? Well, thank you. My name is Aja Smith, and I'm a veteran running for the Congressional Seat 41 here in District 41 in the Inland Empire. My cities cover Riverside, Europa Valley, Moreno Valley, and Paris. Those are my main cities. I have been a veteran for 10 years in the United States Air Force Reserve. I come from a big family military background. My grandfather, retired Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. My grandmother served in the Air Force. And also my great uncle at Tuskegee Airmen. Awesome. What, t- tell me a little bit about what it was that d- made you decide that this is the time for you to change the focus of your public service from military, national security, to running for Congress. What was that, what was that decision-making process like for you? Well, since, I'm glad you asked. Since Mark Takano came into office in 2012, I started to see a voting pattern of his where he voted against a lot of military funding, national security. He voted to give Iran over $150 billion, and I said, this guy is no good. And our district is unique. We have one of the largest reserve bases, which is March Air Reserve Base here in our district. And everything that he voted was pretty much against what we aligned of what he represents in this district. When it comes to veterans issues, high taxes, he voted for high taxes. He says he's for veterans, and he's really not for veterans because he has no clue. I am a veteran, so I know the issues and the needs and the wants when it comes to those who are currently serving and those who have also served. See one of these Democrats that when he has to run in a little more conservative area, not L.A., not San Francisco, tries to pretend to be a more moderate Democrat, but then goes back and votes with Nancy Pelosi all the time? Yes. And you can go to his voting record and, and see his votes. Everything is pretty much lockstep with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of them in Washington, D.C. And they don't represent our values here in the Inland Empire in Congressional District 41. It just 
recently he voted three times for the Schumer shutdown because he didn't have the DACA program in there, which that budget didn't have anything to do with DACA. It actually hurt our district. And I tell people, look at his voting record and see if those really realign with your values, especially with national security funding and also veterans issues and also law enforcement issues as well. Pretty much Mark Takano, he is out of touch. He reads the script. He's trying to prove that he is still loyal to Nancy Pelosi, but at the same time, he's not representing the true values and the true issues here in this district. And we see how the great effects of uh, President Trump's tax reform on the economy, uh, business investments up, incomes are up, the stock market is up, the yes. economic growth is up. Uh, what, how did Takano vote on tax reform? That, you know, Mark Takano, he, he believes high taxes. I mean, he even voted to raise the minimum wage to 15 an hour. And when that happened, I did, before I decided to run, I did put a comment through his website, and he did call me back. He, he said, why did I disagree? And I told him, you know, as a business major and growing up in the city of Moreno Valley, we have a lot of small business owners. And I talked to them. I saw the food prices go up and hours getting cut because of that minimum wage and he still feels that it's a great idea but a lot of people don't see the actual economic impact when it comes to small business owners so a lot of people have to cut staff or close their business and it really impacts everything well if 15 if 15 dollars an hour is good why not 20 why not 25 why not 50 dollars an hour well why don't we even have uh, in the third world countries instead of them paying a dollar or two dollars an hour let's just automatically raise the minimum wage around the world to 15 dollars an hour if that's the solution to raising people up out of poverty absolutely exactly. but but at the same time it doesn't work that way because the cost of foods go up and if you're raising minimum, you know, I worked minimum wage. My, my first job, I worked in a small mom-and-pop restaurant at $4 an hour, and I worked my way up. I knew that was not going to be my whole entire life. I went to college. I joined the military. I make a pretty good, decent living now. So minimum wage, especially, is minimum wage. Those are the lower skills that get you job experience. Now, the other argument people have had with me is that a lot of people that are adults who are working minimum wage. But people fail to realize a lot of those people lost their jobs, especially in the state of California. Thousands of jobs left because Rick Perry you know, brought a lot of jobs to Texas. So a lot of people did lose their jobs. But if you have a lower tax bracket, especially for corporations and manufacturing, to bring back to California, to bring back to the nation, just like the president is working on now, we can bring back those jobs for the working class adults and the minimum wage jobs for, for the people, the young people who are in high school and also college. I'm seeing, I'm just looking at his voting record right now on December 19th, 2017, H.R. 1, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And you got to love how Republicans name their bills. They name their bills with exactly what's going on inside of them, unlike the way that Democrats named their bills. So for Prop 47 and 57, they disguised what was happening behind those propositions with the school safety proposition. This was a tax cut and jobs act. On December 19, 2017, Mark Takano voted no. On December 20th, 2017, Mark Takano voted no. So apparently he thought that what was being distributed were crumbs across the United States, uh, just like Nancy Pelosi said, and they're not crumbs. I you, and I tell people, and I see them, and I see all the the reports, not just on mainstream media, but on forums and everywhere else. And they said a lot of people are seeing 
that they're going to have more money in their paycheck, and they're grateful for it. And I tell people, if we don't get out there and vote and start voting out Mark Connell, Nancy Pelosi, Raul Ruiz, and Ted Lieu, if the Democrats take the House, all of those tax cuts will be reversed, and we will be back to square one and even worse. You know what Nancy Pelosi just said recently when asked if uh, she was to regain control of Congress, the first thing she would do is reverse the tax cut and job. She would raise taxes. She said it just yes. like that. Yes, and that will impact us so heavily, especially in California. We're already doing we're already suffering from the gas tax and it's going to go up even higher. We're already losing jobs or the homeless rate. Nothing's here and we're going to have a mass exodus with the working class people in California is going to end up a third world country. Well, now, uh, sure. You look at the energy prices, the housing prices. I just saw a report the other day that adjusting for the cost of living, the median income in Texas is 32% higher yes. than it is here in California. Yes. We're talking to Aja Smith. She is a veteran. She is running for Congress. It's the Congressional District 41, currently held by Mark Ticano. Now, Aja, you've got a couple of events. If people want to get to know a little bit more about you, of course, they can go to your website, Aja, A-J-A, for Congress.com. But you're going to be out in the community. There's a couple of events coming up. Bullseye Guns and Ammo in Riverside on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, actually. This coming Saturday. You're going to be out there with Vince and the gang, uh, an opportunity for them to meet you at 3 p.m. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that opportunity. So folks want to get to know Aja. If you live in the 41st Congressional District, you can head over to Bullseye Guns and Ammo in Riverside and get to know uh, Aja a little bit. And then on the 24th of May, uh, you're going to be out at uh, someone that uh, organization we're familiar with here on AM 590, The Answer, Migliore Gourmet Foods on May the 24th. They've got a facility that's over off of Canyon Crest, and you're going to be out there starting at 630. Yes, I will. I encourage everybody to come out and meet with me. We can talk about the issues and, and start. And and just look forward to unseating Mark Takano in November in 2018. And this is the time where the community needs to come together, and we got to get out there and vote in June and also in November so we can show that we want change, and we're sick and tired of this rhetoric that's going on in Washington, D.C. Well, and another very important issue is the border. The Democrat Party categorically refuses to secure our border because they want illegal immigrants and illegal immigration, even though criminals come across, MS-13 comes across, and most of the drugs that are killing 66,000 Americans every year of drug overdose are coming across that border, and Democrats like Mark DeConnell don't care one iota. No, no, he doesn't. I actually visited the border last year in October, and I saw firsthand a lot of issues when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to safety with our Border Patrol agents, and they do need a lot of help. It's one thing when you want to come here, when you want to become come to the United States, but do it legally. We have great systems in place. It's not hard to do, but to just the recent issue with the people coming from Honduras, it's, you know, whole um, thousands of people are at the border. 
But the problem is, and like our president said, is the catch and release program. And that needs to get fixed quickly in Congress because they have the power to change that whole entire program. I've been to the border. I've known Border Patrol agents even before um, President Trump became, came into office back in the Bush administration. And they said it is a tough job. And it's a dangerous job as well. Another issue that we have at the border is all the sewage that's coming into California from Mexico. And we have to look at that as well because right now that part of the border, Imperial Beach, is closed. In California, we have one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, but that part of the beach is closed because of the toxic waste that's coming through. So we have a lot of work to do. And and one thing about Mark Takano, if you look at his voting record, he voted against Kate's Law. Who does that? He voted also against the Thin Blue Line Act, which makes it a felony for anybody who kills a cop. So that shows you right there he doesn't care about the public safety of anybody, even our police officers who are putting their lives online to protect us. we got to leave it right there, Aja. Thank you so much for joining us. You are Aja Smith. You are running for yes. Congress in the CD uh, Congressional District 41 against Mark DeCano. Your website, Aja for congress.com two opportunities to meet aja here in the community one at bullseye guns and ammo over off of brockton avenue saturday uh three to uh roughly about six and then on may 24th at miliori gourmet foods 5225 canyon crest drive in riverside aja thanks so much for joining us um we appreciate you stepping up and running for this very critical office Thank you so much, and thank you for giving me this great opportunity. And I want to say God bless everyone, and God bless America. Thank you, Aja. Now let's hear a word from our sponsor for this half of Unite, i.e. Radio, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. We're going to continue with the midterm madness theme here on the Unite IE Radio show, Greg, and talk about the top of the ticket governor's race. Very important governor's debate happened Tuesday evening uh, up in the Bay Area. What, did you get a chance to see some of it? I watched part of it, the part that I could find on, online that evening. And the uh, the after poll was actually amazing for a six-candidate debate. Travis Allen was won that the after who won the debate poll after the debate by 80%. I got to believe, obviously, it's an online poll. Obviously, not very accurate in terms of its ability to filter out people. I think that what happened was Travis Allen supporters just 
deluge the website. But so I, I don't think it's necessarily accurate, but here's something I believe it shows and then you can weigh in. I believe what it shows is that Travis Allen has energy behind his campaign, grassroots support, people willing to do what it takes in order to get somebody elected. That's a very important element in a campaign is energy. And I think Travis Allen has that. Well, that's absolutely true. And that's one of the reasons why I and the Redlands Tea Party Patriots uh, have endorsed him. But it's the other candidates. I mean, they have followers. Gavin Newsom. So particularly when it's that, if if it was a narrower margin, but when you see that large of a margin, 80% plus for Travis Allen and the remaining 20% divided among the other five candidates, that says something, I think. Even oh. though it is an online poll and you have to voluntarily go to the website and then select that you, you know, which candidate that you won. Right. But I thought that the level of margin made it significant to me. And it wasn't as if they had advertised it because I got a, I got a text from Travis that night at about 11 o'clock. And at that point in time, it was 70%. So this was not um, something that developed over the next day as, tr- as as supporters go. This is why I say there's energy behind his campaign. He's got his people committed and doing it. There may be a lot of people out there that are willing to vote for uh, G- Gavin Newsom, willing to vote for John Cox, but they're not animated. They're not you know willing to do the extra step that it takes in politics in order to get somebody elected and push them over the finish line. And besides, you know, for, for the Democrats at least, you know, dead people can vote for you, but it's hard to get them to go to the website and click the online poll. That's well, exactly. And I think there were a couple of other things that came out in that. First of all, um, there you, you you got an opportunity to visualize John Cox versus Tra- uh, Gavin Newsom in a debate, and Travis Allen versus Gavin Newsom in a debate. And I got to tell you, John Cox versus Gavin Newsom scares me in a debate. Travis Allen, I think he's got a much better handle and energy in a debate scenario. Um, so that's another reason why I really feel that Travis Allen, in, in from a purely practical political standpoint, is the better choice. Well, I, I agree with that. But I mean, to say the but to that is John Cox has improved his performance a lot since that first debate at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots right. meeting on January 4, where he was, he was pretty bad that night. And he's, he has significantly improved his performance. Now, Travis Allen is still better, of course, but, you know, so that's, that, that's on that. You, you look at the other polls and the real polls, and here's where you see the problem with the Republican Party and the current system in California. And the polls are varying depending on who is second, who's third, who's fourth. But generally, you're looking at Villaraigosa, Cox, and Allen are in two, three, four, and the polls change as to who's in which of those positions. And only the top two, of course, go on to November. And where it's really important is if it's Villaraigosa and Newsom, the two Democrats, that that's going to depress Republican turnout down the ballot. Right. And, and it could even be the difference between whether we have Speaker Kevin McCarthy, or maybe even better yet, Jim Jordan, that's another story, or Speaker Nancy Pelosi come January of 19. So it's really important that we get one of those guys through to November. And unfortunately, I, th- I think the most likely result is going to be that they're going to split the Republican vote. And because Villaraigosa has a lot of money behind him, including a lot of independent expenditure money, that he's going to get through into, into second. I hope that's not so. Right. But right now, I think if I had to bet, 
I think that is the most likely result. Yeah, and there was a lot more intrigue about this governor's race. We're going to hold that until our uh, after the break right now. we got to take a quick break to acknowledge our sponsors for this half hour. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. And most importantly, get out and vote. Absolutely. Word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 0114-7747, and California Finance Lenders license number 603-K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're continuing our discussion about the California governor's race and that both Don and I are we're hoping for, we're doing everything we can to help Travis Allen because we think he is the best Republican candidate for governor to take on Gavin Newsom. But the polls are all over the place and there's this one uh, aberrant poll. We'll see whether any other polls confirm the result. This one actually showed that John Cox was in first place one point ahead of Gavin Newsom, which is totally contrary to every other poll that's been out there. Isn't that strange the way that different polls, depending upon their methodologies, will come up with dramatic, I guess it's not strange. I guess what, I, what I'm uh, uh, concerned about is without an understanding of the fact that there are these different methodologies out there that can generate these widely different results, you know, what, how do you make heads or tails of all of these polls? It almost, it's almost like they discredit themselves because they are so different. Well, they do, but you have a situation where people, most people are not really heavily engaged in the political process. A lot of these candidates are not well known. So that can, that can contribute to the validity, the volatility of it. And you know, there's always a chance, there's a, there's a 5% chance in every poll that the result is going to be outside the stated margin of error, 2%, 3%, 4%, whatever that margin of error that they publicize. But in every poll, there's a 5% chance that the actual result is outside of that margin of error. And this is maybe one of those uh, 5%. Well, polls aside, a great way to figure out which one of these candidates you want to support is the debate that happened on Tuesday. You can go out to our Facebook page, UniteIE.com. We will have that uh, posted there for you to watch. Um, it's out there, and so feel free. They covered a broad range of topics. It's a very good indicator. <laughs> I think, uh, of where these different candidates stand. The the California Republican Party had its convention last weekend and took up the issue of whether or not an endorsement was going to happen in the governor's race. And using new electronic voting devices, uh, John Cox came up with 55% of the vote, Travis Allen with 41. You had to get to 60 
in a situation where there are more than one Republican, if there's two or more Republicans, you've got to get to 60% of the vote in order to secure an endorsement. John Cox failed at doing that, uh, but it did open up a huge conversation about whether or not proxies, which are uh, essentially the right to vote for uh, on behalf of a delegate for a delegate that can't make it to the convention. There were 577 delegates that were unable to be there. 477 proxies on their behalf were filed and uh, were were voted. And so you've got this outsized uh, influence of people that aren't even there, many of whom are never there. And that is where the concern comes from, is our delegates in the Republican Party stacked with people that the influent the, the the influencers in the Republican Party want, so that we don't have people there knowing that those people were appointed because they're not going to show up. Sure, but what the real I mean, yeah that's an issue. But I think the real issue is the total the near total ineffectiveness of the California Republican Party. Where were they? I mean, where was the resolution condemning SB 54? Where was the resolution saying we need to secure the boards? Where was the resolution that says the Democrats are squandering $32 billion of water bond money where, you know, we need to fix, we, we need to spend the water bond money on water? Why are the Democrats spending, we condemn them spending only 20% of transportation taxes and fees on the roads and so on and so on and so on? You should have Sean Flynn nominate you as a delegate once this uh, race is over. We, we need you as part of the CRP. We're out of time for this half hour. We'll be back with more with the United IE Radio program, exploring things that unfolded this week that could have long-term ramifications back after this. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. You know, Greg, my co-host, the person I actually really enjoy every Thursday spending time with you in order to record this program that airs on Saturday. I really value our friendship for a lot of reasons. First of all, you're incredibly intelligent. You consume facts like they're um, baby Ruth bars or something, you know, like they're, they're candy. And you have great powers analytic powers to kind of put those facts in order in order to figure out what's really going on out there um so i really am honored to have that friendship and that relationship and know that you are involved in activism here in the inland empire making a difference with the redlands tea party patriots well thanks don that's just like i wrote it i'll 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 pick up lunch after we're done here recording and i say that (laughs) i say that because activism and getting people involved, I think, is the highest call to serving this country and this state in this time. Because we are faced with a an election year, midterm election year, what's called a midterm election year. It's the cycle in between the presidential election cycles, where we are going to uh, decide whether we're going to return a majority to Congress. Uh, in order to be able to continue to move Trump's agenda forward, which has largely proven to be a good agenda, um, and that he has been true to his campaign promises. Interesting thing about uh, President Trump versus President Obama. Um, you know, Trump was very transparent about what he wanted to accomplish. If Barack Obama had been as transparent 
I don't know that he would have been elected because um, there would have been some uh, truth in advertising and people might not have people might have had uh, wouldn't have had buyer's remorse as many did. They would have had buyer beware. Do you yeah. agree? Well, I, I I totally agree, and I think I think even though that was it was the, the country was going into recession at that time, and there's a lot of uh, negative things against the Republican Party, which held the White House at that time. I think that race was winnable with if we had had a warrior candidate. We had McCain, who was he fought he fought honorably, was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. No one's questioning his military service, but was no longer a political warrior for our cause come 2008. And they should have gone out and they should have revealed the record of Barack Hussein Obama as this radical, anti-American leftist that he was. And, and it was there for anyone who wanted to see it. But McCain chose not to, to do that. He, he, he chose not to win. He chose not to fight. Yep. And in fact, today, he re- he says he regrets choosing uh, Sarah Palin as his running mate, which is really bizarre any rate, all that said and done, activism in our country and activism in our community is probably the most highest calling right now, obviously besides military, going off and fighting for your country, the highest. But as far as defending this country internally, I think it's the highest call to service. And so it's an honor to be our shoulder to shoulder with you in that. Oh, same. I, I bring that up because throughout California right now, There are activists and members of communities that are standing up and speaking out about the overall agenda that has been uh, placed on us as citizens of California by a radical, progressive, out-of-control group of Democrats that own Sacramento right now. We have seen gas taxes raised. We have seen... Uh, onerous, oppressive business regulation uh, by bureaucracies throughout California. Uh, We have seen just recently the attempt via uh, AB 2943 to regulate speech among those who are in the church or in family counseling regarding the reorientation of people's sexual preferences, making it illegal in order to do that. Right, that that bill which passed the Democrat-controlled assembly, would ban books. Exactly. It could even ban the Bible. Now, the, a, a court might not interpret that. It would probably be held unconstitutional. But if you read it literally and apply the words, yep, it, it, that bill could ban the Bible. A series of bills, 2927 uh, and others, that would have made uh, homeschoolers a... Uh, would have started the regulation of homeschools uh, based solely on the on a single incident that happened in Paris with that uh, very sad story that emerged about the parents that quote unquote had a homeschool they didn't but they used that tragedy in order to regulate an entire class of people and we saw two thousand plus people swarm the state capitol. Um, and ultimately forced the pulling of that bill by their sheer force of will to be there and stand up for their rights. Now we have activists around the state that are standing up at city governments, county governments, regarding SB 54, which is the California Sanctuary State Law that is being challenged in court by our U.S. Department of Justice, Jeff Sessions, who is suing that. And these activists are uh, getting uh, on the... um, 
calendar of these various different cities, the ability for the city to have a voice on this issue, either standing up and passing a resolution in opposition to the California Sanctuary State Bill or an amicus brief filed with uh, a friend of the court brief. My point is this. Um, This is gaining steam, and it's gaining steam because people are finally fed up. The pinprick, if you will, on this uh, out-of-control progressive group of Democrats is SB 54. That's the final straw, and people are standing up on behalf of this. But I think it's a larger frustration. It represents a larger frustration, not just the issue. I think if the only thing the Democrats had ever done was pass SB 54, a sanctuary state bill, I don't think people would be as animated as they are. But I believe it's the it's the continued avalanche of bills, and this was the final straw. Right. It's abundantly clear to anyone who looks that the Democrat Party favors illegal immigration. It's a long-term vote. It's a long-term scheme to stack the voting deck in favor of the Democrat Party. But with this, but, but they're so brazen in their support of illegal immigration that they this SB 54, which by definition protects only illegal immigrant criminals. So not, not, not only did you immigrate here illegally, and in addition, most of them are using fake Social Security numbers, which is another, another fel- crime. It, it, that is a federal felony. But in addition to that, these are people that have committed murder, rape, burglary, drunk driving, whole series of criminal offenses. And it's those people that SB 54 wants to protect ahead of the protecting the, um, the safety of Californians and Americans. And that was, that was, that was, they overreached on this one, and the people are standing up on this, and it's, 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 it's amazing to see, and it's wonderful to see. So far, there have been 28 cities and six counties that have done, uh, adopted some kind of resolution opposing it, either just opting out altogether, saying it conflicts with federal law, we're not going to follow it, or a resolution, or joining the lawsuit, or filing what's called an amicus brief, which is a front-of-the-court brief in favor of the lawsuit to held SB 54 unconstitutional. And the latest one this past week was in Santa Clarita. Yes, it was. 5-0 was the vote by the city council. To file an amicus brief along with a friend of the court briefing along with uh, Jeff Sessions' lawsuit. That was amazing. And we have other cities that are coming up next week. It's coming up close to home. Corona. The city of Corona right here in Riverside County has got this on the agenda for Wednesday, May the 16th. So that's the next target on this. There are other cities. We're going to get into that when we return after the break and what you can do to continue to support this. And I said earlier it was a it was an honor to stand shoulder to shoulder with Greg, and I meant that. But there are hundreds of activists that are out there that it's also an honor to be standing shoulder to shoulder with in order to push back on this egregious bill and everything it represents. Absolutely. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590. 
the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're discussing SB 54, and this is the Democrats' law that protects illegal immigrant criminals over Americans and thwarts the enforcement of federal immigration law. Unlike so many things the federal government does, this is a power expressly given to the federal government, immigration, right, in the Constitution. And there's a lot of aspects to this law. One of them is just, it's just the rule of law. We, the, our, our tag quote about the most important political office is from Justice Lewis Brandeis. Well, he also said that our government teaches the whole people by its example. If the government becomes the lawbreaker, it breeds contempt for law. It invites every man to become a law unto himself, and it invites anarchy. And that's what the Democrats, the Democrat, and not only in immigration, but in so many other things, is the law is whatever they want it to be at the moment. And if, if, if it's inconvenient, we'll ignore the law. We'll ignore immigration laws. But when the law's in our favor, of course, then it is a rock-hard hammer that we can hit you with. Yes, and that's not what the rule of law is all about. So that's an important aspect of this SB 54 debate, just is, does the law apply? Are we going to follow the law? Maybe you want to argue for changes in the immigration law. Maybe you want to argue for amnesty and try to get that passed. And you're, you're as a citizen, go to it. You're free to do that. Right. But when you see government officials picking and choosing which laws they want to obey and which laws they don't want to obey, then it undermines the whole system, just as Justice Brandeis said. It's a great quote, and what's happening all across Southern California is that cities are putting this item, SB 54, on their agenda and letting the citizens of the community weigh in as to whether or not the city should take a position on this, either uh, issuing a resolution in opposition to SB 54 or a amicus brief, or in the case of Los Alamitos, actually changing their city laws so that they are not a part of this. But it brings up a really important point, and that is when do people stand up to finally uh, – when are they willing to take a stand against exactly what you just described on the part of Judge Louis Brandeis? When are we going to stand up? And people are uh, all across Southern California, and I can tell you as a result of being at the California Republican Party convention this past weekend this was a topic that was discussed in several different venues there was a uh, panel discussion including john eastman uh he talked about the constitutionality or lack thereof uh harmeet dillon who talked about what the actual city's responses could be and the legal ramifications of those and then uh, Fred Whitaker, who is the uh, chairman of the Orange County uh, Central Committee, the Repub- essentially the count- County of Orange Republican Party, talking about how to go about supporting your cities. We have this now coming up on Wednesday, May the 16th with the city of Corona. We really need the citizens of Corona to stand up and join in and have their voice heard about this. Now, a lot of the a lot of the city attorneys and police departments are saying it really doesn't affect us. This is not a law that directly affects us because we don't keep prisoners. But in point of fact, any city that has its own police force does even temporarily so. This law prevents the city of Corona or any city that has its own police force 
together with the sheriff's departments who generally will then take custody of these uh, of these individuals that are arrested by these police departments from cooperating with the federal uh, policing agencies like ICE. So if the city of Corona picks up somebody that ICE has issued a detainer for under under some circumstances, they ICE could pick that person up from the city or when that person is referred to the uh, sheriff's department, ICE could pick that person up. What's fascinating about this argument to listen to the people that are speaking up in support of SB 54. They are so mistaken about the way that this law works because they think that supporting SB 54 keeps ICE out of their communities. It is exactly the opposite because what happens is since ICE cannot pick these people up at either the jails or the prisons, either the sheriffs or the police departments, and these people are released back into the community, where is ICE going to go? You have to go find the people or the illegal immigrant criminals out uh, in the community. Right back into the very community armed, where they may be armed. And where they will be associated possibly with other otherwise law-abiding illegal immigrants, possibly. And it's the concern by those that oppose, uh, that support SB 54, that don't want ICE in their communities because they may end up sweeping their parents up or their friends or neighbors. You're forcing ICE with this law to go back into the community and interact with the very people you want protected. And they're going to get swept up when ICE does its job to remove these criminal illegal aliens from our communities. Well, two points. One is, that, and I've been to a number of these city council meetings, it is so important that, the, that Americans show up, the ones that want to enforce the law, the ones that want to protect Americans instead of criminal illegal immigrants. You show up because the illegal immigrants and their supporters show up in mass at these meetings and to try, and because the real issue is, are we going to enforce America's immigration laws? It's apparent to me from listening to these people talk, they do not want to enforce immigration laws anytime, anywhere, against anyone. Right. So this is, this is just the issue of the day for them. On our side, there are people that want to enforce our immigration laws, but there are also people that just it's – public, it's a public safety issue. That we, exactly right. Yeah, we don't, why do we want to put, put more criminals back out on the street, which is already happening because of AB 109, Prop 47, Prop 57. So this, is, this adds to it. So instead of saying, okay, you have an illegal criminal, send, get him out of the country before he commits more crimes. No, this AB, uh, the SB 54 puts these criminals back out on the streets to commit more crimes. We've been hearing a lot about MS-13 in the news because this is a, a a gang, now a nationwide scourge in our communities that Jeff Sessions and the Department of Justice have been going after. So here you have a situation in, in Riverside County where you may have the police or the sheriff that pick someone up who could be engaged in criminal activity. They're picked up because they, they are suspected of engaging in criminal activity. That person could be a gang member. MS-13. Right. They've got him in custody now. What we would want to see happen is we'd want to see that illegal alien gang member removed from our community. Yep. This law prevents that from happening when ICE or any other federal agency could take custody of that individual in a safe place, a jail or a prison, but instead prevents that policing agency, sheriffs or police departments, from notifying ICE that they have this person or responding to a detainer and holding that person 
and releases that person back into the community. Now, I got to believe every immigrant community, both the ones that are illegal and legal, would not want that gang member back in their community. Probably most of the people don't, but the activists, the the pro-illegal immigration activists do. They're not even thinking about the community. No, it, it, no. The, 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 this is collateral damage for uh, their narrative, right? As as, as we talked about with uh, with Aja Smith in our first in our first in our first half hour, is the Democrats want that border wide open, even though drugs are pouring across, criminals are pouring across, illegal immigrants are pouring across, which is what they want, and those drugs are killing sixty six thousand Americans every year. But the Democrats still want that border open. They don't care. That's like you said, sixty-six thousand dead Americans is collateral damage to the Democrat Party in their voter registration drive of of mass legal and illegal immigration. That's right. And so, so by fighting at the extreme, when they fight at the extreme, protect illegal immigrant criminals, then that protects all the rest of illegal immigration. If they, if they can fight it at that at that level. City of Corona, May 16th, the city will be taking this up as an agenda item. At what time? And be there early. Be there 4.30, 5 o'clock. Get there early because uh, there will probably be a line of folks. So don't uh, don't be dissuaded by the fact that there will be a lot of people. And they're well policed. So, I mean, yeah. your, your safety is, is, is assured of them. I mean, they, yeah, they, they always have plenty of cops at these, at, these, at these meetings. But come out and let your voice be heard. Support the city of Corona in opposing SB 54 with a resolution or an amicus brief. It'll be their decision, uh, but let your voice be heard. This Absolutely. is an incredibly important issue in a, an important time in our community. Let your voice be heard. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. A lot of breaking news this week, Greg, and I think now that we have uh, a couple of minutes to spare in the show, um, one of the most important, I think, was Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, exiting the Iran nuclear agreement. Uh, It made, obviously, big headlines. It was an important decision and one I don't think... um, you know, you could decide any other way. He gave a shot at trying to convince the European partners in this. Uh, Germany and France were both here, and I'm sure that that was a big topic of conversation. And then you had Bibi Netanyahu doing his infamous press conference where he disclosed the intel that was retrieved by Israel showing that the entire during the entire time that Iran said they weren't pursuing nuclear weapons, they indeed were. They got all of the paperwork, all of the uh, CDs that had their entire research uh, of pursuing nuclear weapons on it. So it dispelled the uh, myth of the Iran not pursuing, in fact, and lying about this uh, to the during the process of negotiating this JCPOA agreement. Um, 
we're out. And another, another promise made and promise kept. And this is, this is really serious because using a, a nuclear weapon as an electromagnetic pulse weapon, EMP, it only takes one, is you could destroy the entire electrical system of the United States. And it's estimated that within a year, 70 to 90% of the population of America would be dead from disease, starvation, and breakdown of social order. And what, and what Obama's nukes for Iran agreement did was give Iran a kill shot capability on our country. Now, how we get from here to disarming Iran of nuclear weapons is not entirely clear. But what was clear was this agreement let Iran develop nuclear weapons either by cheating on the agreement because Iran's, quote, whatever Iran decided was a military facility, close quote, was off limits to inspection. Or just just by following the agreement, they can improve their centrifuges and their ballistic missile technology, and they could be ready to get a bomb almost immediately when the agreement expired after 10 years. So it's absolutely vital that this agreement be terminated and thrown away like Donald Trump has done. And this is a very, very, very serious issue because... We cannot count on deterrence working with the Islamic religious fanatics that govern that country. Mutually assured destruction may be right. an incentive for them, not a deterrence. Yeah, you know, this is something that a lot of people that I know that have served in the military and gone over and fought against uh, the Islamic radical regime, uh, you know, armies, whether it was Taliban, whether it was ISIS. All, all of them said that when our forces go over to fight, they want to come home. When their forces go in and fight, they want to die. There's a big difference in the calibration of how you fight people like that. And when you have a regime that doesn't care about living or dying, uh, that's even worse. The other thing that this exposed, it recycled the revelations that came out of the deal making. One of those was the revelation that the White House admitted it played the entire country for fools in order to sell the deal. This was Ben Rhodes figuring out just how far he could push the media to propagandize their agenda of getting this deal done. So Ben Rhodes, a fiction writer with no national security experience, brought into the White House, who becomes a national security advisor in the Obama administration, devises this entire plan to actually uh, propagandize the entire deal and sell it to the American people. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, Great Britain. Another show in the can, as they say. We'll be back every Saturday at 4 o'clock, the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Have a great week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.